2: Let's get started.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm your host, David Vogelpole. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you every week on Press This. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or download episodes at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. So, for today's episode, special Halloween episode, uh, horror stories from the world of accessibility, we're welcoming our very special guest, Rion uh, Riet- Rietfeld. Did I say that right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, welcome to the show, Rion. And uh, Rion is with Human Made, an agency based uh, primarily in the UK, if I'm not mistaken. And you guys focus primarily on enterprise WordPress deployments. Is that right?
4: Yes, and we're not UK-based only. We're expanding at the moment, so we're about 65 people now, and we're all over the world.
3: That's fantastic, and you're calling, uh, joining the show from the Netherlands, right?
4: Yes, yep.
3: Awesome. Well, thank you for dialing in here, and we also have uh, co-host Stephen Word here as well. Howdy, good to be back. Uh, nice to see you on. Hi. Awesome. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about accessibility. And since it's the Halloween episode, uh, Rion's going to be sharing some cringe-worthy mistakes and and things people have done with accessibility. And really, more importantly, tips for how to uh, address accessibility in the WordPress sites that you're building. Um, Rion has very, uh, very impressive credentials in this area. you um, have made accessibility part of your focus as a developer, and you also contribute to uh, the WordPress core accessibility project, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct?
4: Yes. Yeah, I do a project management of the accessibility team, and we try to improve the accessibility of WordPress core.
3: It's and that's a team, such- team effort. Yeah, exactly. A lot of it's a community effort, right? And uh, yes. so, so important, you know, not just that we democratize the web, but that we democratize the web for everyone. Um, so very, very important work you do there. So uh, one question I have for you, Rian, how did you get started in WordPress? What was your first WordPress experience? What was your WordPress origin story?
4: Um, I've been self-employed for a long time and I created my own CMS But um, I wanted more and I looked for a commercial CMS or open source CMS. And actually, I can't remember why I chose WordPress. I looked into Drupal in Typo3 and in WordPress and also in PHP Nuke. Uh, First, I tried PHP Nuke, but that got hacked very soon. It was really bad CMS. And then... um, well, I don't know exactly why I chose WordPress, but um, I think because of the code structure and of the large community. So I um, dived into WordPress and I never left. I really love working with WordPress because it's uh, easy to use also for the, um, the content manager and you can build easy themes in it. So uh, yeah, I'm really happy I chose WordPress.
3: That's cool. Yeah, that community aspect is such a draw and such a support for uh, individuals and their businesses. Uh, Definitely a good choice on that front. Market share doesn't hurt either. There's lots of WordPress sites out there. Uh, There is so
4: much work in WordPress. There's so much work. So that's really, um, I think, for a developer, a good choice to start and also to... uh, yeah.
3: Well, that's a great story. It reminds me of this, my uh, my friend Andrew, his story. He had his custom uh, CMS and he also ended up adopting uh, frameworks um, in order to make his work faster. Um, yeah. really interesting kind of uh, uh, progress there, and in, into using WordPress. So, okay, let's focus on today's topic, though, which is accessibility. Okay, so I'm curious, Rian, how accessible is WordPress? Like, if I was someone with a disability, how uh, how easy would it be to use WordPress?
4: Now, the question, the answer on that is actually it depends. It depends how you use the web, how you use the internet, how you use a website. Um front-end can be made perfectly accessible for everyone because the theme development that you can do that accessible but the back-end the admin that's really a team effort of the whole um, the whole community on that and not everybody knows exactly how to build accessible so um, some things that are put in are not really accessible like uh, the customizer or at the moment uh, the developments in gutenberg so we're nearly really need to work hard on that to keep that accessible. And how accessible it is also depends on the user itself, how uh, she uses the internet, how she uses a website. Um, If you can see and you can use a mouse, you also need training to use the admin very well. Um, But if you are uh, using a screen reader, you need some extra training. But if you are using a screen reader, that's for people who are blind, they can use the backend very well at the moment. I, I know uh, several blind people who are also content managers, man who is blind and deaf, and he can use uh, the admin too, who actually is a WordPress developer. So, so that goes very like, well.
3: Yeah, so it sounds like, as you pointed out, it depends on the situation. The front end is perfectly uh, capable of being accessible. The backend is relatively accessible or, or maybe even for some folks, highly accessible. But you also mentioned that it's kind of this this continuing effort, right? It's not just one yeah. and done. As new mm-hmm. things like Gutenberg are layered in, those also must be addressed, and it's part of this community effort that you do uh, with yourself and with others to help, you know, the future of WordPress stay accessible. So, Rian, yeah. I'm I'm actually really interested to hear about accessibility projects and how people can integrate them into the experiences they. Build. Um, We're going to take a quick break, and right when we get back, we're going to jump into that. So let's hang tight, and we'll be right back.
2: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment.
5: There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio Webmasterradio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement.
2: Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: All right, welcome back to Press This. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I'm interviewing Rion. About with human made about accessibility and WordPress. We're on right before the break. I mentioned that I wanted to kind of start diving into accessibility projects and, and kind of how to work within them and how it works. And you had promised us some maybe some horror stories along the way. So so my I guess my first question is like how should you start with an accessibility project? Like what are the things to watch out for? How do you kick it off and and really kind of start from a good point so you end in a good point?
4: Um, well, starting with a horror story. And um, this actually happened uh, two weeks ago. I was called by um, a friend of mine who said, well, I almost finished the website. And the client said, uh, oh, by the way, it needs to be accessible. And she called me and said, do you have a plugin for that? Or how do I d- address that? And uh, we looked at the website as uh, far as it has been done. And actually, it needed a complete rework. So, the best way to start with an accessible project is at the beginning. So, you have to consult the clients. like, are we going to make this? Yes. Now, then uh, someone who designs the website needs to know how to use colors and what colors contrast to use. Or if we are going to use uh, plugins, what plugins are we going to use? Are those plugins accessible? If they are not accessible, we need to build something in-house maybe. Um, so these are decisions you need to make very uh, in the very start of the project, not at the end. And after that, you need to code, uh, you need to de- a developer to code the website and the developer has to know how to build accessible. So the developer has to be trained properly. So, and if you build that step by step and every step, everybody has to be involved in the accessibility and must also be on board. And then at the end, uh, content has to be added. And also the content has to be accessible uh, for everybody. So that's also uh, something to um, look out for how to. uh, So it's uh, a lot of people who have to know something about accessibility. So um, everybody has to be on board and also everybody has to be trained well. And if you do that by steps, if you have a good, trained, motivated team, then an accessibility site isn't that more, uh, doesn't cost that more, or isn't that more
3: effort. So you're
4: it's much there's more no, effort if you put
3: it, so, uh, if you, yeah. So rion there, so there's no magic plugin that's going to uh, take the site you just built and magically make it accessible? Uh, no. It sounds like your tip is from the very beginning to keep it in mind. It kind of reminds me a little bit like PHP versioning in a sense, like what version of PHP are we going to work with then? And, and do my plugins match up? And do my environment match up? It's it's really kind of taking it from the very beginning and not trying to figure yeah, it all it's out.
4: Like, like So with um, responsive design, if you um, build a site completely and afterwards you say, oh, it has to be responsive, then maybe you have to make some decisions of uh, up, had, you made some wrong decisions during the project. So the responsive design you also do from the beginning, you say to the, to the designer, uh, make a, a, a different designs for different views. Um, and there's nothing, some plugin, you can't add some plugin that makes a site suddenly responsive. It's the same with accessible. You can't make a site inaccessible with just adding one plugin.
3: You got to start from the beginning. So yeah. we, we're talking about accessibility here, and I'm kind of curious. You know, I have some familiarity with, with accessibility and how blind people read websites, um, but maybe you could give us uh, some insights. Like, how do people who are visually imp- impaired read a website? Like, what are the different ways they do it, and and why does it matter how you code it relative to how they use it? And
4: um, um, blind people use a uh, screen reader and. For example, a built-in screen reader you can try yourself is VoiceOver if you have a Mac. And it reads what's on the screen, but you un- can also navigate with it. You can select uh, a list of headings or a list of links, and you can click then and navigate fast to the website. Um the screen reader reads from top to bottom, but you can, dis- but you can call uh, the web router, and then you can choose headings and links to navigate faster, or you can skip um, parts. So it's it's uh, you get a, um, it's read out to you, and with a keyboard or a braille line, you can navigate and use the website. So that that's why it's important that a website also must use only with a keyboard, because someone who is blind cannot use a mouse. So if you have, for example, a hamburger menu and it only opens with a mouse, someone who is blind cannot open the menu. And doesn't maybe uh, of of does, um, maybe miss uh, large parts of your website. Mostly, most people think that um, accessibility is like dark magic. It's like area attributes you don't know anything about. But the most decent thing to do is build HTML five, validating semantic HTML five, and. That that's really the key of an accessible website. Then all the assistive technology like screen reader or maybe voice recognition software or maybe your car or your iWatch or whatever interacts with the web can understand and use the website well.
3: It's funny how many times the answer to a question is semantic HTML, right? We hear that preached through the lens of SEO and and so many other things. And certainly it's the standard with which these tools are built around. Um, So that's really interesting to hear your perspective here. Now, we've been focusing a little bit on the, the visually impaired, the sight impaired, but earlier you were talking about um color contrast uh which you know maybe is a different type of visual disability but is is accessibility only about people um that just have you know a uh, problem with with sight seeing things the blind or or is it broader than that
4: No accessibility is ba- about everybody using the web and making for everybody uh, the web a, a good experience and that's also for you For example color contrast if you have poor color contrast and you have an iPad and you're reading that in the sun, you cannot read it. So accessibility is not only for the people who have maybe uh, an impairment, but it's also for everybody who uses the web in another uh, situation. Like you have uh, of adding subtitles to a video. If you are in the train and you forgot your headset and you want to watch YouTube, if the YouTube has uh, subtitles, then you can understand what's going on. And that's, you can hear, but at the moment, you cannot put on the sound. Of um, So, most of the time, it's also about you. If you have a lot on your mind, and you have a sandwich in your hand, and you want to navigate the website, and you only have to, uh, one finger to tap through the website. It's, um, people use the web in different situations. People use the web also in diff- with different devices, like your iWatch. Maybe doesn't uh, react. Um, uh, other is um, reacting other other than the website. So um, accessibility is like building decent, so that everybody can use the website also in all kind difference of situations.
3: That's uh, that's very insightful. You know, when we talk to our internal UI and UX people, one of the things I I ask them to do is put yourself in the customer's seat, right? Not just where they were before, right before they landed on a page or an experience, but literally their chair and think about the environment they're in, the frame of mind they're in when you create these experiences and and thinking about it from a mobile context with the sun behind you causing contrast issues, uh, the noise environment people are going to be consuming your content in, whether or not you need subtitles, not just as a lens for the disabled, but also a lens for all users and in, in the environments with which they're engaging with your content. Um, I think that's a really interesting way to look at that.
4: Yeah, and there are, um, well, there are various ways to use the web with assistive technology, like uh, voice recognition software. People can speak to the computer. Um, there are people who have only a straw and they uh, suck and puff, like a zero and one, and that way they can navigate through a website. Uh, yeah, there are... V- blind people. One, one very important thing is to check your website. If you want to make an accessible website, it's check with the keyboard only. Put your mouse away, navigate with keyboard. Then it, it almost works on all the other devices.
3: So Rian, I'm kind of curious, like what mistakes do people make during the design process? Earlier you talked about the planning, but what, what mistakes do you see people making do, during design for accessibility?
4: Icons are a good way to visualise things, to link, for example, a social media or a menu. Um, And I want you, on the next birthday you have, to all the people who are there, old and young, what do these three lines mean that are on the right top of a website? And then you will be amazed by the answers. How many people don't know that that's a hamburger menu? And if you click that, the menu opens. So adding the word menu to the hamburger icon does wonders for the understandability. Not all people know what the icons are. Icons are pretty, please use them, but also add the word to it.
3: Okay, so basically give the users cues with the labels Um, is a good exercise from the design perspective. So, Rian, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to ask you about some of the tools you use for QA. You mentioned some of them so far, but we'll be right back.
2: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment.
1: Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit Fjorgedigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com.
5: Book lovers and hundreds of compelling contemporary authors are heading to Miami for the 34th Annual Miami Book Fair, Friday, November 17th through Sunday, November 19th. See in person amazing authors, including Vice President Joe Biden, Senator Al Franken, Russell Banks, Michael Eric Dyson, Armistead Malpin, Angela J. Davis, Scott Turow, Walter Isaacson, and many more. The 34th annual Miami Book Fair. For more information, visit MiamiBookFair.com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at MPP.org or call one eight seven seven, Join MPP.
2: Let's press forward with more Press This only on Webmaster Radio. FM.
3: All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm interviewing Rion of Human Made. Rion. Uh, Last question here while we kind of wrap things up. What tools do you recommend people use for QAing accessibility or for continuous integration? What tools could developers use to make sure they're building accessible sites?
4: Um, Well, the first tool you use is your own keyboard. That's very easy. You put away your uh, mouse and you test your website if it works with keyboard only. Um, How to navigate with keyboard is easy. And if you Google that, there are tons of um, uh, manuals on how to do that. If it works with keyboard only, if you can navigate, access all the links, uh, access your uh, carousel, um, your navigation, uh, whatever functionality you have, a form, can you submit a form? Can you fill it out with keyboard only? Then uh, almost all the the battle about the development has been won because that's the most important um, uh, part of it, that you can use it with keyboard only. Um, Then I have um, some other tools, um, like a contrast um, color analyzer. There are uh, many tools for that online. Um, You can analyze the contrast of your design, if the contrast between text and background is sufficient for everyone, there are also rules for that, you can look that up. Um And I'm very fond of a, a tool called X. It's by DQ. And X is a browser extension that works best in Chrome and it adds a tab to your inspector. If you are developing, you inspect your code, you inspect uh, the DOM in the browser and it adds a tab to that and then you can analyze the page you are looking at and it gives you a full report of the accessibility errors you have. So, this um, A-X-E, and uh, I really love that, and it's very useful. And within the company, I gave a demo of that, and uh, now uh, the people, the developers in, in Mate, are, are trying that out, if you can integrate that in the workflow. So that's really nice too. Um, you
3: have, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier that, of course, there's not a magic plugin that's going to make your site accessible. But are there any plugins that you like to use in your stack that uh, help support that uh, from a WordPress perspective?
4: No, <laughs> it, it it comes back to decent code. Um, you have uh, plugins like that add some. Um, uh, like a um, font enhancer or contrast um, uh, contrast uh, switches and stuff. And I call that accessibility pizza. It's like you're showing off at the front end that you're doing something with accessibility. But actually what you need to do is build decent code and uh, skip because browsers can do that themselves. Like we have the reader view in Safari, for example, does that exactly. People who need extra help... Um, accessing a website have their own equipment so if you just build it decently in in good design but good color contrast then all the excessive technology can just use it and all the people can use it so all the extra plugins I think is just extra pizza.
3: Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, so I guess another question I have when it comes to the language itself, you, you talked about earlier using labels as a way to let people know what a hamburger menu is and so on and so forth. Um, do do people need to take into account the words they use with the menu items? Like I can imagine things like uh, read more, more info might be very confusing when, when yeah. scrolling through a newsreader, how, how should people approach the language they use in these menu items and, and elements?
4: For links, uh, use unique links. If you have a bunch of read more, read more, read more links, if you, a screen reader user uh, calls the list of links and all the li- links are called read more, she doesn't know what to click. So add, for example, um, the post title to it or find another way to um, make the links meaningful, stand out. And I'm a very um, fan of simple plain language. Um, I was at a Frontiers conference and Ashley Bischoff gave a talk about plain English, plain language, and no one ever complains if the language is too simple.
3: So that's really interesting, Rian. I really like the part where you said that no one ever complains if the language is too simple. I think that's going to be my new copywriting mantra. So Thank you, Rianne, for uh, joining the show today and sharing your insights into accessibility. Thank you. Awesome. And thank everyone for listening. This has been the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. And, of course, you can always download episodes at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.
5: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts, and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.
0: This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.